Amen. We are in James chapter 1, verse 19. Stand still and be quiet it is our topic or subject for this morning. Stand still and be quiet. And oftentimes people, when told to stand still and be quiet, it is human nature to think that if I stand still and be quiet, then I'm doing nothing. And I'm allowing the situation to overtake me. Uh, I'm allowing the situation to get out of control. Uh, but we've come to learn that standing still and being quiet takes more effort than what you realize. Oftentimes when we're faced with uh, difficult situations, we're quick to want, we want, it's fight or flight. We get uh, filled with fright and either uh, want to stand and fight or we've already assessed the situation and oftentimes in a negative way, we're ready to run for even uh, uh, being put to the test. So it is very important that we learn to stand still and be quiet as James was writing uh, the brother of Jesus, and he was uh, writing about the deeper things uh, of this new faith called Christianity, and how it is not supposed to just uh, show outward control, but inward control, an inward control that is yielded to the Holy Spirit. Um, I know that the sisters have been studying uh, uh, sins uh, of the tongue, and it's important that when we study the sins of the tongue, the tongue is not able to bring itself under submission. It can only be brought under submission by a power greater than ourselves. And those of us who are Christians, when we have given, given our life, <coughs> excuse me, to Christ, then you've given the control of your tongue, uh, your thoughts, uh, your conduct over to the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's only when you've done that can you truly uh, bring the tongue under submission. So, as I said before, it is human nature to act on impulse and to speak on a whim. Uh, uh, you ever know somebody like that who's quick to, you know, they're quick to say something. Even as you started, it's out there already. You know, when they think that you know, they, they know what you're going to say, it's out there already. Or they try to finish your sentences, things of that nature, or they're just impulsive. Whatever they're feeling at the moment, it's coming out. Well, there was somebody in Scripture who was the same way. Uh, that was the Apostle Peter. And we know that because we see Peter, when he was the one on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was quick to say, let us build three tabernacles. He got so excited. Y'all remember that? When it was up there, Jesus appeared, Moses was there, and, and Elijah was there. He was like, it is good for us all to be here, Lord. This is beautiful. Let's build three tabernacles for everybody. Everybody needs to be worshipped up in here. Right? But then, but then, but then, but then, and, you, and not that Jesus did this, but you can almost see Jesus like this, this boy, I'm telling you. Because the Bible says that at, at that moment, the other two disappeared, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear ye him. Right? And it, and it would do us wonders if we could just stand still, even though we feel excited, even though we feel elated, even though we're full of energy. No matter what, to be able to stand still and listen first to know what to do with that energy, with that anxiety, with that thing that makes me want to move. See, it takes work for me to say to myself, now is not the time to move. Now is the time to stand still and get instructions on where I am to move, what I am to say, what I am to think. He was also the one who said, you will never wash my feet and hands, Lord. Jesus said, if I don't, if I don't wash your hands and feet, then you can't be a part of me. Then he said, then wash all of me. 
right? Then, then he was the one that said, uh, he was the one who, 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 who drew the sword and, and cut off Malchus' ear when they came to get Jesus. Sliced his ear off. Jesus had to put it back on. But then he was the same one that ended up denying Jesus three times. Then we often see uh, he was the one who was eating with the Gentiles. Uh, and then, then, when, uh, then when Paul and him showed up, he jumped up and acted like he wasn't. Do you know anybody like that? Are you that person? Well, quick to shoot from the hip, and then when the whole story come out, you're like, <laughs> looking terrible. If you just held on a moment and just listen, like, uh, uh, like my mom and I used to say, if you wait a minute, if you just wait, you might know, you might learn, you might hear. Just wait. So quick to run your mouth. You know, you can talk, talk to somebody, and they just got to talk with you. You know what I'm talking about? You try to tell us when they got to talk right along with you. I guess we're going to just tell this together. Because <laughs> uh, the problem when, when we both talking together, ain't nobody listening. Right? So it's important that we stand still and be quiet. We speak. We ought to speak before we think. Can you see that? Uh, uh, Shia, read that for me. We speak before we think. Protest Now, hold on. Do we tend to do that sometimes, Cheyenne? Speak before we think. And start protesting before we have all the facts. Already got your answer. Already know. When you hear your mom say, Cheyenne, you're already like, okay, okay. Now, this was Cabrera who did this. But hold on, Cabrera was still at school. But no, she did it before she left the school. Already putting stuff together. Right? Already ready to protest. You ever call somebody's name, he calls by name, they turn and they look at you and they frowning or they're like, and they're in terror because they already think you're about to make them or ask them, have them do something they don't want to do. If you just hold on, you might find out it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. But see, you miss that. You shortchange yourself when you don't stand still. Right? And, and, and so it says, remember, not only to say the right thing at the right time and place, see, that's part of it. See, when it comes to being, to standing still, think about how many things you've messed up. You might have waited, you might have heard, but you still said it at the wrong time, and you said it in the wrong way. Huh? It's nothing wrong with you being honest, but it's how you choose to be honest. It's when you choose to be honest. See, how you consider who you're talking to, who you're being honest with. Those are all things that have to, they, they have to all, you just can't cut them up. Right? And then follow that up, well, well it was true. Huh? It, 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 it says, you know, it, but far more difficult, it still is to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. Y'all know anything about that? When you just want to say something, but that's not the time to say it. That takes even more work to really pump the brakes and shut your mouth. That is not the time to say what I'm thinking. Right? There are people who, instead of listening to what is being said to them, they are, they're, they're all, they're, are already listening to what they're going to say uh, themselves. So there's sometimes when somebody's talking, you, when somebody's talking, they're already formulating their response. 
You see the problem with that? That breaks down communication. We can't communicate effectively. I can't find out your needs, you can't find out mine. I can't find out what I didn't hear, you can't find out what you didn't hear. Because as you're talking, I'm already answering what I think you're going to ask. And that's horrible in communication. Because two people, you end up missing too much information and making assumptions based on uh, 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 things that you heard improperly. Right? And then, then if I'm going to stand still, Psalm 131, verses 1 and 2 says, Now, understand, the thing that helps you to stand still and be quiet, uh, remind yourself that it's a wise man. It's a wise person who will stand still and hear the whole situation before jumping to a conclusion. And I like to say before jumping to confusion. Psalm 131, verses 1 and 2 says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have claimed and quieted my soul, like a lean child with his mother, like a lean child is my soul within me. Learn to be at peace. Bring yourself under control. Be one. Sometimes folks won't talk to you and can't tell you things because you get upset too quick. Fuse is too short. Become anxious too fast. Quick on the draw. They, you, the, the, the way you respond, they may be saying something that is very vulnerable. But your, your response doesn't even consider the fact that they're being very vulnerable, very open at that moment. And so you end up rolling over them, steamrolling, not considering the care that ought to be taken with what you're being told. That takes work. It takes self-reflection. It takes listening to your own thoughts before you say it. It takes, if you're going to send that text, read it to somebody else before you send it. That email, read it to somebody else or send it to somebody else, not that person, before you send it so you can take some of that venom out of it. Or take some of that, 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 that high anxiety, that high level, that, that excitement. Because guess what? We hear each other best when we can sit down and engage in calm conversation. Parents sometimes, that's why children are afraid to come and tell you things because they know immediately, off with the head. They don't believe that you're going to hear them out and listen to them. Uh, and sometimes, children, you don't get all the instructions because the parents get to the point where they're so frustrated, they're going to listen anyhow. So you miss out on stuff. So it's best to slow down. Be easy. And look at what the Bible says. Lord, my heart, because see, when you're quick, when you're already formulating your response, Bible says you're being haughty. You're being prideful. You're putting yourself before the other person. You're elevating yourself, your thought, and you're right regardless. You ever hear somebody, you say, okay, I'm listening, and you hear the whole, they give you all the instructions, and you still end up doing it wrong? Because you aren't listening properly. You weren't being quiet. And when I mean be quiet, be quiet is more than just close your mouth. Be quiet is shut down. You know, quiet your mind for the moment so that you can receive all that you need to hear. Your comment, your criticism, your sarcasm aren't always necessary. Hmm? 
Some people are afraid because they've been so critical all their lives, they're afraid to do anything or stand up before it because they automatically think they're going to be criticized in the same way. That's true. The scripture says, be careful how you judge, but the same judgment you use toward others will be used toward you. But you can change that by learning to be still and be quiet. The best students learn to be still and be quiet. Right? And then the wise man stands still because the man who stands still is quiet and is quiet will learn what is best for him. Notice that. Put that in your notes. When you sit there and you learn, you'll be amazed what you learn by simply speaking. You can learn things about people who aren't even saying anything. You can observe their mannerisms. You can observe how they handle situations. Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 15, verse 16, the Savior said to Saul, be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said, speak on. How often do you do that when somebody's coming to try to warn you or trying to look out for you? How often do you say, speak on? Because some folks just don't like to be told anything other than what they think is right or what they really want to do. And notice, he said that. And in Numbers 9, verse 8, Moses said to them, Stand still, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. Sometimes in our, in our family situations, and I, I know you've all been in traumatic family situations or very uh, 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 unexpected situations where it seems like everything is haywire and everybody's going everywhere. There's a time when somebody has to stand up and say, all right, all right, I, I acknowledge that this, is a, uh, this, this situation wasn't expected. I acknowledge that this, this is a troubling situation. I acknowledge that none of us was looking for this right now. But guess what? Can we all just take a moment and be quiet? So we can hear what the Lord is commanding us to do in this moment of challenge. See that? Have you ever heard cool heads prevail? Somebody needs to say, hold on and let me see what God says concerning this situation. It'll take a whole lot of stress out of your life. Because in order to hear what God has to say, that's going to require you praying. It's going to require you meditating. Meditating on what? What you just studied. You have to read something on it. Pray something about it. And then stand still long enough to hear what God has to say concerning it. Right? Bible also says in 1 Samuel 9, verse 27, As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And he went on, But you stand here a while that I may announce to you the word of the Lord. You know what that means? Sometimes you've got to, you know, you may have some people in your in your circle who they're, 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 they're not the most patient people. Um, and sometimes you need to separate yourself from those impatient people. Because as long as they're around, their impatience is contagious and it's getting you more nervous. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, people who, I mean, you can't have a bunch of excitable people together. Sometimes you've got to separate yourself from all the excitement so that you can settle down. Uh, and sometimes when you need to share the word, that's why when you go home and you got at home when you study it, you've got to sometimes tell the children, I need to go on somewhere. Because I need time to speak and spend time with the Lord. You need to cut that time out. Separate. 
Huh? Tell, tell, tell them to go on. So that, and God is always saying that to us. I need to speak to you. Can you make a moment for us to sit and just chat? Huh? Then, then, then the man who stands still and quiet will learn what is best for him. And the fact, uh, 1 Samuel 12, verse 7, Now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous acts of the Lord, which he did to you and your fathers. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in present truth. That's really important, y'all. That, that, that right there? 2 Peter 1 verse 12. No, notice, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody who's a know-it-all? I know we talked about it before. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody who quick to talk about what they already know? Before you even get through talking about they already own what they know. And what Peter's saying, Peter said, look, I'm going to remind you regardless, even though you know and you've been established in this truth, I've got to keep reminding you. Because every time you hear the truth, the truth does something else for you. It doesn't matter how well you think you know, how established you think you are, there's always something that can be learned. Even if it's, if it's you learning to be patient, learning to bring yourself under control and be quiet a little while longer, to get, to get off, even if it's that, you learning to get out your own way, that can be learned in that moment. It doesn't matter. Huh? Parents, children, all that. Sometimes mom trying to sit there and show you something, going back over something with you on the homework. You're like, but I know this already. No, you don't. You know how I know you don't know it already? Because you're talking, because you're talking like that. Because if you're if you're a willing student, a student who wants to learn, you will learn it over and over and over again. God repeats himself over and over in this book. He sends the same messages over and over and over in different ways. Now, how many times are you willing to listen? It's part of uh, 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 one of the parts of, of learning is re repetition. So, ask, let me ask you a question. Why does it matter if you know it already? Why does it matter if you've had it? Are you saying there's nothing you can learn, nothing more you can hear? Speak. I listen. Let me hear. Y'all don't know, is it not hard to converse with somebody? You think they know? Or somebody who's always in control, or always trying to dominate the conversation. After a while, you know what? People stop talking to each other, you know that? And when folks stop talking, stop communicating, things get dangerous. Because things are happening in that person's mind. Things are happening in your mind that you both need to know. You're going to be blindsided by Satan because you didn't, you weren't able to bring that stuff to light and together set it before God. And now it's going to be the stumbling block that you fall over because you could not be still long enough and be quiet because maybe there's a little piece of this 
that you haven't seen in the way God wants you to see. You ought to be careful. Uh, and always say, I don't care what it is. I don't care how many times you tell me something. It doesn't matter. You can tell me the same story. Or it, it might be something that I missed. And it says something about your respect for a person. Some of y'all have been around your grandparents, parents, or when we go to the, uh, you know, when we go to uh, Willowbrook sometimes, you might see the people and they might say the same thing they said to you last time. Or ask you the same kind of question. You know what you want to do? You smile and say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Appreciate that they want to share with you. You don't cut them off. You listen. Huh? Now, I'm not talking about the people. I'm not talking about folks who simply like to post you up. I'm not talking about the pups. There's people I call pups. P-U-P. Post up potential. Now, there are people who will post you up just for the case, just for the, just for the simple fact they just want to talk. Right? Nothing, and not about anything necessarily important or whatever. You might have already, they just want time. Now you can give time, but then they have to be considerate of your time also. And you've got to help them be considerate of your time. So that doesn't mean be rude, but know how to bring it gently to a close. Notice what I said, gently to a close. Mm -hmm. So, so you got to watch that. And, and Job 37 verse 14, listen to this, oh Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. How many times in a very difficult situation do you stand still and say, let me find the works of God in this? Quietness and righteousness go hand in hand. Isaiah 32 verse 17, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Quietness and righteousness work together. Keeps you from being so selfish. A quiet life is a good life. People tell you when you're not doing everything they're doing that you have no life. No, honey, it's not that I don't have any life. No, I've learned to appreciate having a quiet life. Now, it takes some folks who are willing to, uh, to, to admit how much drama they've had in their life. Right? And, and, and see, a quiet life is a good life, but some people don't want a quiet life because a quiet life means I have to be alone with me and hear me and deal with me. And so i got to always have some noise and a distraction. No, you don't. Not if you want to get to the bottom of some of your issues. God says, i got the answer. If you shut off some of that noise, you might hear me. Families can be drawn, and I, and I dare you, I dare you, I dare you again. Our families can be drawn closer together if you just cut off all of that electronic social media stuff for just a little while. Mm -hmm. Huh? Come in the house and everybody turn on phones, turn off tablets, turn off TV, and let's just sit down and talk a while. Get to know what's going on with one You know five people can be in, a house, in the same room and be in five different worlds. And depending on how many windows they have open up, five people can sit there and be in 50 different worlds and 500 different conversations. It's sad when you're sitting in the same room texting each other. That's a problem. Did you turn the TV? No. That's why I can't stand it. 
I know. That's terrible. Open your mouth. Our children, I just saw a thing now. We're saying children are coming up and, and it says the children who are who are more focused on social media and into their Facebook and all that, these children are growing and they have a greater chance of being depressed and isolated. Because they're, spend, they're spending so much time with their faces on that screen and they're, they're interacting. And we are we're social beings. We need to interact socially. But it's not meant to be that way. We need to learn to talk to each other. Respond to each other's facial cues, facial features. Learn how to, you, you, some of our children don't even know how to look you in the eye when they talk. You ever notice that? You go to talk to them, look straight down. They need to be taught. Make eye contact. See, get out of that little bubble, right? In Proverbs 17, verse 1, better is a dry morsel of quietness than a house full of feasting and strife. Hmm? Hmm? Some of you didn't know, know, know how, how great quietness could be until you got some folk out of the house. Right? Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6, better a handful with quietness than both hands full, together with toil and grasping of the wind. Give me a hand with just a little bit of quiet, blessed quietness. Just learn to appreciate it. Huh? Ain't nothing wrong with quietness. Nothing wrong with that. And then and quietness is good for the wise men. Christians must work to maintain a quiet life. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 11 says that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. To mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 says, Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. See, that's not, see, being still and quiet is not inactivity. There's a whole lot of activity involved in that. That's learning to go against your natural instincts and your natural way to be impulsive and learning to just pump the brakes and slow down. Stop being such a And so, and I need that because, and I need the children to understand that. Listen. People will tell you, you can't do nothing, you're not allowed to do nothing, you don't have no kind of life. Learn to appreciate that. Because the less foolishness in your life, the less strife. The more foolishness you allow in your life, the more strife will exist. The more people who come in and don't have a connection with your God, the more trouble there will be. It's already a fact that it's a challenge to live life. But don't invite more friction, factions, and division into your life. You're trying to get your feet set and focus on the Lord. You don't have to be in everybody's face. Now, you, better, you ought to be friendly. You be friendly, be kind to everybody. But you don't have to be in everybody's face, and everybody ain't got to be in yours. Huh? Mind your business. Don't be a busybody. Don't always have somebody else's business in your mouth. While your business is a mess. Paul wrote to Titus, he said, teach them to stay at home and keep their, remember how this morning we talked about, you can pray for a house, but why don't you pray for what it takes to make it a home? Right? Uh, Christians should pray for a quiet life. 
1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, I exert, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, giving thanks be made for all men, for the kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. People come to the knowledge of the truth in quietness. Remember Elijah? All that stuff he had going on, but he, he, he listened to that small, still voice. He had to get somewhere, get still, and get quiet so he could hear. God told Job, gird yourself up like a man, for I'm about to speak. Meaning, it's time for you to listen, not speak. When you're in a conversation with somebody, they're talking, it's time to listen, not speak. Hear. Now, if they ask, then respond. But try to do more listening than you do speaking. Because then you're in there, you'll find more learning. Yeah. Uh, more learning. And the more learning you get, the more leaning you can do on God's knowledge of how to help the person who's talking to you. Right? We should pray for a quiet life. I dare you to pray for a quiet life. I dare you. I dare you. Because guess what? As soon as you start praying for a quiet life, you're going to see folks start to disappear. Huh? Listen, listen, listen. My children like to sit around and talk about, my phone is real dry right now. I can't stand to have a dry phone. My phone is so dry. It's going to come a time when you won't want all those calls. <laughs> there's going to come a time when you won't want, there's a few calls, if you're honest, there's a few calls you don't want right now. But there's going to come a time when you won't want your phone ringing like that. I missed it, I missed it, I missed it. When somebody called your house, if they missed you, they just missed you. <laughs> they had to leave a message. They couldn't, they couldn't be all aggressive. Then they start getting aggressive. I know you there. Pick up the phone. <laughs> you sitting right there listening to this. Pick up the phone. See, that tells you right there. I need to screen this person. They need not know where I am. You see, the thing is, don't listen to the lies of people talking about it's, it's bad to have a dry phone. It's better to have a dry phone and devotion to God than to have a phone dripping with sin and, 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 and drama and divisiveness. Yeah. It's phone dripping with gossip. Before you even get on, you got to shake it out. Phone dripping with foolishness from the internet. got to have a phone that's dry. Because you know what you know what grows in moist places, don't you? Bacteria and mold. And if there's not enough light being shown upon it, it continues to grow. It festers, it grows, it turns to black mold, it turns to nasty stuff that will contaminate you and kill your soul. And you'll notice the mold when you shine God's light on your phone. And stuff starts standing out that shouldn't be there. Go ahead and clean it up. Get rid of that. Get rid of that mold. Get, rid, get that out of there. So you have a nice, dry, clean phone. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and get through this. <laughs> Christians should fight the impulse to speak and act in haste. 
Psalm 4, verse 4, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Acts 19, verse 23 through 41. You know, sometimes you've got to bite your tongue until blood comes out your mouth. What I mean is, you got to literally make up your mind and refuse to run your mouth or let those thoughts run through your mind. As those thoughts are bitter thoughts or whatever those thoughts are running through your mind, you ought to be giving them to God, praying right now. I don't need to say certain things, certain ways. And look, if somebody told me not to say this or come at them like that, then guess what? I need not do it. Don't sit there and, and, and talk to them like that anyway and then act like they trip. Huh? Everybody like that? You see, look, look, I really appreciate that you just wouldn't make, make those comments about this. I just put it in the chair. Oh, you just tripping. You, you got a problem. You do this. You do that. Why don't you learn to live? I am trying to live. Peacefully. And I'm trying to work on those areas in my life. But I can't do it if you keep ripping them open with your harsh and bitter words that I asked you not to use in order to help me heal. Huh? Christians, we should, we should fight that impulse, no matter what. And then, uh, and, and you know what? If you can get quiet, then you can see God in action. Lamentations 3, verse 26. It is good that one should, that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Notice what it says. Hope and wait quietly. Not nervously. Not wondering if you need to do this or do that. God has it all under control. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall again, uh, you, you shall see again no more. Man, these troubles that are around you right now, if you can just be still and not let, let, let them tempt you and pull you off your square, you can, those things will go past you and you won't be troubled in that same way anymore. Do you believe that? I believe it because I've seen it happen. Remember this morning we talked about how you stay in that struggle sometimes. You stay in that struggle because God is trying to work something out of you. And the thing is, you won't get out of that struggle until it completes what he set for it, what he allowed for it to come into your life for it to do. He's trying to crystallize you. He's trying to purify you. And you're going to stay in that heat. You're going to stay in that pit. You're going to stay there until you get what he wants you to get. If you be quiet enough and just look and notice your transformation, sometimes when you're sitting there whining about how terrible today is, how all these kind of, look back and see how God has changed and how he's changed your situation. And be glad and glorified. Because you can say, I used to be, but I ain't no more. Right? 2 Chronicles 20 verse 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle, position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear, be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Psalm 37, verse 30, 37, verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. Have you been exalting him in your life? Have you been still? Have you been quiet? Or have you been stirred up and loud 
anxious and tearing up your life, saying too much. And when you say too much and say the wrong things, those things have a way of coming back to bite you after a while. Huh? Well, I, I, and, I, and I love that, that example that Sister Cherie gave me when she said, you know, I'm trying to work on, on being still and being quiet. She said, because there are times when I get stirred up and one of the babies come to me and say, be quick to heal. Be swift to heal. Slow to wrath. Be quick to heal. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. She said, when the children come to her, she said, and I'm praying that when they say it, I respond the way God would have me to. When God speaks to us, when somebody gives us scripture, that's supposed to shut down whatever we're talking about. Whenever we're talking about something that, that is ungodly or contrary, when the scripture comes out and, and God speaks, that's time to shut it down. Not tell the children, you don't understand. And you haven't experienced. And you don't know. And you've got to keep living. If you live for a while, then you'll see. You have to go through some things so you can see. It is not always, no, what you're teaching them is duality. You ought to teach them when God speaks, there's peace, there's structure. When I hear God's word, it quiets my soul. Huh? And I know sometimes you get emotional and you just don't want to hear the scripture because you're in your feelings. The scripture is the best thing for you to hear at that time. So you can be still and be quiet. Quiet your soul. For God is trying to speak to you in the midst of this storm. Why? Because there'll be times when God won't still the storm, but he'll still his child in the midst of the storm. Huh? So if you still lose sleep because you haven't learned to still be still and be quiet, huh? like I had to tell you, yesterday I had the whole kitchen in the seat. She kept trying to get up. If you ever tried to hold, make Keisha sit down. <laughs> Steady trying to get up every few minutes. She said, I don't know how to relax. No, it's not that you don't know how. It's that you don't want to. Because you think something might go awry or something <clears throat> might pass you by. God has everything well in hand. Yeah. Be still and know that I am the Lord. Be still and behold the wonders of God. If you haven't been doing that, then you need to repent because it's bringing trouble into your life. It's still in your sleep. It's still in your rest. It's still in your appetite. It's still in your appearance. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can smile and not smile. There are times when you can smile. You can see somebody smile. It just simply it just illuminates the room. But then there are times when people are just smiling for the sake of doing it so nobody will say anything to them. You know that commercial where it says that person has that, that, that depressed face on and behind their like <laughs> No, no, no. Let that spirit go all the way to the core. Let God bring out the beauty that he placed in each one of those who were called by his name. And if you haven't been called by his name, meaning God has called you, but you won't come to him. He says, hear me, believe me. Repent of your past sins and wandering away from me. Because if you stay out there, you're going to die in your sins. And where I am, you cannot come. Repent of that. Turn to me. Confess me as your Lord. Be baptized for remission of your sins. And when I say be baptized, that means be baptized into Christ Jesus. 
Not baptized into some, some pastor's church, bishop's church, reverend's church. You must be, mama's church, be baptized into Christ Jesus. The only place where you'll find salvation. And Christ Jesus and his church are one and the same. Now, if you want salvation, come to Jesus right now. When you come by that water, the Spirit will be placed in you. It will lead you in the stillness and quietness. And then you will lead a life, live a life faithful unto death. After which you can receive a crown of life. That's if you want that type of peace. If you want that type of triumph. If you want that type of blessing. If you want to change your life right now. If you've been far off from God, but you want to come back to Him, come forth right now. Don't, don't, don't sit here talking about what you think you know, think you believe. Oh, I know God. I know God. You don't know God until you come to him his way. Come to the master his way. He's calling you right now. You've got an example you've got to leave for your family, for your children. Change, let him change you today. And Christians, the same thing. If you teach your children how to pray and worry at the same time, you're in sin. Teach them how to be anxious and angry, but yet wait on God's answer. You have seen. Repent. If you can't fight that impulse to run your mouth and run your mind and run somebody with those into the ground, repent. If you think your opinion is higher than any other, anybody else's opinion, and even higher than the word of God, and you think your opinion just always has to be heard, you have seen. Now, like the old folks used to say, you got to say everything you think. Sometimes it's good to be quiet and let people think you're a genius than to open your mouth and remove all that. So come to the Lord. He's called. He wants to wash you clean of all sin. If you want to become a child of God, Christians, you want to be back on the right track, and Christians, the church will pray for you and pray with you. Jesus is coming back. We don't know, how, we don't know when, but he's coming. And you've got to be ready, because if you're not ready with him, you're not going. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. While we stand and say, have you been to Jesus for the 